people go, exactly. well, how, how do you move in the supernatural? You know, how, how did you for 30 years be on staff with Pastor Benny? What's this? Mm. the story is you say yes to the Lord continually. Mm -hmm. It's all yeah. about surrender. Yes. It's you say yeah. yes, listen, hear, mm -hmm. and keep saying yes, yes, Lord. God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out his spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promise outpouring and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have with us a very, very special man, Pastor Larry Moriello. He has an amazing history of walking in the Book of Acts kind of activity that is what the Lord is wanting to do in these days. And he's going to share with us some amazing stories of things that he has seen that you can expect to walk in because this is the time for that. We're so glad you're with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we get started, if you haven't already done so, please go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, so that you can make sure that you are hearing from us when we have things to share about when podcasts are coming out or when we've got events coming, so that you can sign up for our emails there and you can give us feedback there and you can browse our bookstore and read our blogs and lots and lots of things and find out what events that we have coming up. So don't miss going to our website, globaloutpouring.net. Thank you so much for being with us today, Pastor Larry. This is a really great opportunity. Uh, we've come here, uh, we're, we're actually in your office in Fort Worth, and we came here to buy shofars from Holy Land Gifts, where yes. you are working right now. But the place that we met you in the first place was when you were the staff pastor for Pastor Benny Hinn. Yes. Tell us, how did that even happen? How did you get that job? Yeah, miraculously. <laughs> it's um, quite an amazing tale, but it begins, I think, with uh, the prayer of my heart when I was uh, an associate pastor in upstate New York in Schenectady, mm. matter of fact. Mm. Okay. I would often say from the pulpit that I wanted our church to be like the Book of Acts. You know, I believed when we read the Book of Acts, it should read like what we're experiencing on a daily walk as normal mm. Christianity. Yes. And I would say things like, I believe the church that Jesus will return to needs to be very much like the church that was left behind, that the first century church, what happened there and how they walked and what happened should be like the church that Jesus come back. So we want to be like the first century church, to walk in the supernatural, to have that be normal Christianity, to to see things like they saw and like we read in the book of Acts happening on a regular basis. Amen. And, uh, <laughs> and I believed that, I wanted that, I hoped for that, I prayed for that, and one day, lo and behold, I'm, the story is a lot longer, but the short version is my children wanted to go see a Benny Hinn crusade, <laughs> and I had known him because years earlier when he was first in ministry, we had hosted... Uh, Benny Hinn healing service in our school, in our church that I was part of. And I 
was the host pastor for that and helped do that. And he came back for years until his first child was born. And then I lost touch with him. Mm. But my kids started watching TV and saw This Is Your Day for a Miracle mm. and the crusades that Benny Hinn was holding. And they, on vacation, wanted to go to one of those. Wow. wow. So we were traveling in an RV and worked out that we would be at Lansing, Michigan really? in July 29th when, because he was having a crusade there. We thought we'll go to that as the last stop. And at that crusade, the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm calling you to this man's ministry and I'm transferring your mantle, actually is what I had a visitation. I'm transferring your mantle to this man's ministry. Wow. And wow. I yeah. got on my knees and I said, <laughs> yes, Lord. And Pastor Benny came out to begin the service, and he always has worship, and the worship is going on, and I'm standing in worship, and I'm in a whole nother zone, you know, because yeah. I, the Lord had just spoke to me and, wow. and had a visitation, an open vision, you know, if you will. <laughs> and suddenly, with my eyes closed, my hands up, worshiping, I hear Pastor Benny's voice say, young man, who are you? Huh. And I'm thinking, wonder who he's... Talking to. Talking to. <laughs> Maybe I should open my eyes to see this. But I was really deep in worship and didn't want to. And then I heard, young man, you know, and I had a blue shirt on. Young man, you in the blue shirt, right there, right there. Who are you? And I opened my eyes and he's pointing to me. <laughs> and so now we're making eye contact. I'm about in the fifth or sixth row. And he says, who are you? The Lord just spoke to me to hire you. <laughs> and I said, I know. <laughs> and he goes, what did he say? And the usher yells, he said he knows, you know. <laughs> and so he goes, bring him up here. And oh, wow. so if you've ever been to Benny Hinn yeah. Crusade, you know, the ushers just grab you. Your yeah. feet don't have to touch the ground. It doesn't, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're going up. And then he says, bring his family up. And next thing you know, we're all on the platform. And he oh, says... Wow. Who are you? Who are you? And then we had a recognizing moment, you know, mm -hmm. where he recognized, wait, I know you. I said, well, you used to come to my church in, in the 80s. And, wow. You know, wow. when you first, he goes, that's it. That's it. God just told me to hire you. Wow. And so he had 18,000 people stop and lift their hands towards our family and pray for us. <laughs> wow. That, that we would come on staff and move to Florida. Wow. wow, that's that's just that's God. <laughs> what an and amazing so the key story. is to say yes. People go, exactly. well, how how do you move in the supernatural? You know, how how did you for thirty years be on staff with Pastor Benny? What's this? Mm. the story? Is you say yes to the Lord continually. Mm -hmm. It's all yeah. about surrender. Yes, it's you say yeah. yes, listen, hear, mm -hmm. and keep saying yes, yes, yeah. Lord. It's true. Yes, Lord. So we had a 5,000 square foot home. We had thought I was going to retire in the position I had. And it was our dream house. It really, it was garrison colonial. Everything was colonial. Nothing would work in Florida. You know, colonial furniture doesn't work in Florida. <laughs> and uh, we moved to to Florida in like two weeks. Oh, wow. My. We put, uh, we had like an estate sale, put everything out on the front yard. Oh wow. my. People drove by. It's the middle of July and they were, they bought snowblowers in July. Oh, wow. 
we had a freezer filled with food. We were on one of those freezer plans and it was filled mm -hmm. with food. We're like, what are we going to do with this? And a guy walks up and he says, uh, you want to sell that freezer? I go, well, you know, it's kind of filled with food. We were kind of thinking maybe we'd try to bring it to, I, I'm like, sure, I want to sell the freezer. But it, he goes, I'll buy all the food in it and the freezer. And he did. Wow. We wow. People walked in and bought, not just like, let me buy your couch. They were like, oh, I love this whole room. I'll take everything, the decorations, the furniture, <laughs> wow. the knickknacks. Wow. That doesn't happen no. normally. No. It's... But you know, it. I think for us who really walk with the Lord, and if you say yes, <laughs> you can expect that kind of thing to happen. Yes. I remember one couple came in and the husband said, I don't even like colonial. Why are we here? And his wife said, well, let's go up and look at the bedroom. And he came down. He said, we want everything in the bedroom set. We'll take the dressers, the mirrors, the bed. Wow. wow. And he loved it. That's supernatural. It yeah. is. You know, I wasn't a car salesman, you know, trying to negotiate. People were just coming in and I was saying, yes. Wow. Yeah. We packed everything else in a little U-Haul trailer and <laughs> towed it behind the same motorhome we drove to the crusade in, and um, wow. we landed in Florida. Mm. And That's remarkable. 30 years wow. later, I retired from that position. Wow. After having been blessed to travel all over with Pastor Benny and also to be in a church and principal of a school mm -hmm. and to make amazing you know, friends and deep fellowship and great community, but also to see with my eyes mm -hmm. what I read previously in the book of Acts, yes. I experienced. Yeah. Blind eyes yes. open, yeah. deaf ears open, the lame walking. You know, I can't say we fed 5,000 people with, you know, <laughs> a few fish and loaves of bread, but they were given the bread of life through yes. the ministry yes. of the Millions Holy Spirit of and Millions. Pastor Benny. Millions, yes. Millions. Wow. I'll never forget the altar calls. Yeah. You know, I can just saying that I can go back in my memory is replaying the, the videos in my mind of that and watching people run to the altar. Yeah. I mean, run, yeah. knocking over chairs, you know, <laughs> uh, whatever they needed to do to get mm -hmm. to that altar, they it's, were going to do it. It's like a riot to get to the to altar. To receive. Wow. The life of Jesus Christ uh -huh. in their life, to receive that gift of redemption, to renew and restore their connection with their heavenly father, who's always been waiting with his arms open. Mm -hmm. And they would come, you know, we would say to the cross, and they would come to the feet of Jesus. They would repent and receive that and change of life. I saw bodies changed marriages healed mm -hmm. families restored teenagers you know back in fellowship with their parents because of the work of the holy spirit yes. at the altars yes. and the altar calls of the crusades across america wow. getting to be uh, one of the pastors on staff and a pastor who often got to answer phones and or stay mm -hmm. after and talk with people while everybody else was was doing something, I got to hear many of the stories yes. mm -hmm. that not everybody got to hear. And 
I felt just so fortunate and so blessed. And I thought it was a special gift from God. He said, well, you know, you asked about this. Mm-hmm. So now you get to see it and hear it because it was your prayer. Yeah. It's a prayer that he put in your heart. Yeah, I truly believe that too. Yeah. 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 Wow. He, he works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And Sharon, you know, he honors, you know, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit begins, you know, many times even younger in our life. It's not just oh, yeah. for old folks. Sometimes you thought, <laughs> oh, well, this, the old folks are the spiritual ones. But, you know, what you do even as a young person mm-hmm. begins to set the pace for God to trust you with more and more. Mm-hmm. And as we say yes to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit, then he trusts us with more and more. True. It's not just yeah. one yes that leads mm-hmm. to traveling the world with a great exactly. evangelist. It's many yeses mm-hmm. throughout our life, many small things. I'll give you one. Okay. I was brought up Roman Catholic, and thank God for the respect and honor of mm-hmm. God that I was taught, the fear of God that I was mm-hmm. taught, yeah. the reverence of God that I was taught, and the importance of prayer that I was taught. It was very important in our family. We didn't understand prayer, but we knew it was very important. Mm-hmm. And my mom's and dad's house was about half a mile from a Catholic church. And my mom was one of 10. And they would often call my mom and ask for her to have prayer said at our church, at the Catholic church. And then you would light a candle. Mm-hmm. If you're Catholic, you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. If not, mm-hmm. let me just say one of the things you do is you go light a candle, which is like a light of your prayer reflecting before God. And you put a little offering in the uh, place where the candles are, and you light the candle, and then you say your prayers. Now, you know, you say you're our Father, you're Hail Mary, and, and uh, you might ask your request. <laughs> and so many times when they would call, my mom would call me from playing. Now I'm playing baseball or kickball or hide and seek. And I'd hear my mom call my name and call me to the house. And she would give me a quarter, some change, and say, I want you to go light a candle and say a prayer for my aunt, my my niece, whatever was going on. Mm-hmm. And I would say yes. Now, you know, I had friends who were asked to go do a similar thing by their parents. And on the way to the church or in our neighborhood, mm. there was a candy, candy store. store. Oh, oh no. no. I was thinking you might say something You know, like back that. in the days <laughs> of the, the nickel and penny candy, sure, and, no. you know, if you have 25 cents, gosh. That's a you lot could, of candy. That's a lot of candy and, and uh, you know, a fudgicle. Um, <laughs> so uh, I had friends who uh, their bikes would be parked by the candy store and – Oh my. And maybe a penny might get put in the, or they didn't even go to light the candle. Wow. But I went and lit the candle and I put all that was there in the offering. Mm -hmm. And I knelt at that altar and I said the required, you know, prayers. And then I would come back and, you know, get back in the kickball game or whatever else was going on. My friends laughed at me sometimes for doing that, you know, and thought, Mm -hmm. you know, you could have had, you know, all that candy or an ice cream. Years later, I'm now on staff with Pastor Benny Hinn, and Pastor Benny is flying in the airplane, heading to a great crusade, an event, and the Holy Spirit speaks to him and said, you need a prayer army supporting you to be able to do what you're doing and to go and have these crusades around the world. And he said yes, that he would do that. He would get a, an army of intercessors. Wow. And 
from the airplane, he called me. Wow. He didn't know that I was the little boy who rode his bike to the church and put in 25 cents hmm. instead of a candy store. Mm -hmm. But our Father in heaven, heaven knew yeah. and watched. Wow. Because I was faithful, yeah. yes. even as a young person, and yeah. obeying my parents, mm -hmm. being respectful to the Lord, and honoring God, he then honored me. Pastor Benny called and said, Lord spoke to me. We need an army of intercessors. And I believe you're the one that's to help lead it wow. and to help wow. me put it together. Mm -hmm. So we started what was called the Mighty Warriors Intercessory Army. And every day I would post a prayer on the internet that I would write mm -hmm. to pray for Pastor Benny and our ministry and the events and the cities we were going to and did that for years. Uh, we had as many as 50,000 people coming every day to that pray wow. that prayer wow. and to spend 15 minutes in unity and prayer. Glory to God. So from one little candle lighting, mm -hmm. we were then having one of the largest prayer meetings that I know of. Yeah. Mm, that's amazing. That's wonderful. Yeah. Faithfulness. Because you, you need that prayer covering in some of these nations who would go Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We do. Yeah. Absolutely. And the, the, the idea of faithfulness, uh, I've been saying it more recently, but there's a truth, I believe, about as long as you keep saying yes, you keep moving forward and you keep moving up and you keep moving deeper and you keep moving into a greater realm in God until you say no. And if you say no, you'll go back down to the level where you said yes and you stay there until you decide to say yes again. So just keep on saying yes is it's the thing. It's the huge thing. If, if you really want to see the outpouring, if you really want to see the book of Acts, you know, when God gave us the name Global Outpouring, he spoke to me and said, what's coming is going to be like the book of Acts on steroids. Wow. So it was like he showed me that, that the book of Acts was like the first fruits of the big thing that he was going to do. Greater when, works when you shall do. All flesh. Mm -hmm. You know, because because of all those people that had come for Shavuot, they had come to celebrate Pentecost from the nations where the Jews had been dispersed. They came back from those nations, and it was like a first fruits of the nations were there on that day to hear the tongues speaking the great works of God in their language. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That wasn't all flesh, but it was like a seed of all flesh. And it was enough of all flesh that Peter could say, this is that that was spoken of by the prophet Joel. I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And now we have the potential to see all flesh, yes. see this, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Certainly available yeah. to yeah. all of us. Yes. It's not that uh, there's something special about Larry Mariello. Or any of us. Or Philip yeah, or Sharon yes. specifically. Yeah. It's that somewhere we surrendered yeah. yes. and said yes. And mm -hmm. Not my will, but thine. Yeah. Not a simple prayer, really, simple language. Mm -hmm. But to truly mean it from your heart is a right. surrender and a yes. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. keep saying yes. Yeah. I know Sister Gwen's motto was unconditional surrender. Yeah, that's yes. That's what she 
what she lived by. Yeah, that's that's what she called her life story. And we had to surrender with her many times. <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> yeah, we were her, we were her road crew for all those years, and we're we're still the road crew. Yeah. Now you were yes, telling we were. us before we started. You were telling us some stories of things that God used you to do. He put you in a place at the at a strategic time to do a strategic thing that made a big difference. Can you tell us those stories? Because you were here mm-hmm. and you were blowing shofars, shofars. and <laughs> buying some shofars from Holy Land Gifts. We, for our bookstore. For your bookstore. Yes. That subject came up, and I mentioned about how a shofar, which is a, a ram's horn, or in, the, in this case, a kudo, the larger one, it's an instrument. It's really like a spiritual cannon. It is. I would say. Yeah. And... Uh, I had been gifted with a shofar, really supernaturally, by a Messianic rabbi who came to visit our church in Orlando when I was on staff with Pastor Benny. And it's quite an interesting story, and I received it, not understanding it, and he said, I'm going to teach you about it, and he wanted me to blow the shofar, and I was hesitant to blow it in the lobby of the church because there was all these people around and everything. And and so I said, well, let's go into the prayer chapel. And the lights were off in the prayer chapel, and I had a key to it because I helped to lead the prayer there. I knew it was locked. Mm -hmm. So I unlocked it, stepped inside, turned the light on to blow the shofar there and let this messianic rabbi who was a little over the top, it seemed to be, about pushing me to blow this shofar in the show and telling me that I was the one and he had had a dream and saw me in the dream and I needed to oh, learn wow. how to blow this shofar. Wow. And I'm thinking, okay, okay, I'll be nice. <laughs> I'll just be nice. <laughs> and when I turned that light on in that dark chapel, there was a man face down on the floor. He was praying and he jumped kind of up to his feet and I I am so sorry. I didn't know anyone was in here. He said, well, they let me in. They unlocked the door to let me in to pray. And the rabbi goes, I'm here to, you know, to teach the pastor to blow the shofar. I'm here. And he, and the man who had been on the floor stands up and said, that's why I'm here. Oh, wow. He said, I came this morning and I asked if I could see the pastor. And they said, you know, that the pastor wasn't available, and so I asked if I could pray, and I've been here praying that God would bring the pastor. (laughs) (laughs) And he had with him this material about shofars and explaining it. And he said, I brought a videotape that I have, and it's Mm. uh, about how to play the shofar and blow the shofar and the significance of it spiritually, etc. And he brings it out, and on the front of that he had put a picture on there that he had made, mm-hmm. and it's of a, a person in Jerusalem standing on the mount and blowing two shofars. And the rabbi that was with me says, let me see that. And he grabs it, and he says, that's me. <laughs> it was a picture of him from years earlier when he was in wow. Jerusalem blowing two shofars at once that someone had taken that this guy who came from Chicago had no idea who it was. He just liked the picture and had put it on the video oh. as a cover to give me. Oh. Not knowing who I was, but oh. knowing God had told him to come. Oh my. So that's how I received the shofar. And when I blew that shofar, the power of God hit. Everybody in the 
chapel by then, there was three or four other people. <laughs> Everybody hit the floor under the power of God. And I went, this is special. Oh my. Yeah. So I let them teach me about that. I listened, mm -hmm. I studied about it. And then I began to use that shofar as, as a spiritual weapon, as a cannon, as a catalyst to open up, if you would, the heavens for prayer, oh, yes. to make a portal, as mm -hmm. some might say. But yeah. it really does clear an atmosphere yeah. and opens a heavenlies. And it, it's a spiritual cannon. Mm -hmm. What I shared with you was um, once uh, as a private pilot, which is why Papa Jim and I, Colonel Jim and I, got along so so well, mm -hmm. had so much in common. And uh, I was flying with my wife from Florida to New York, and we got pushed inland because of a hurricane that was coming. And we landed at a small airport right off of the, the ocean, and there was no place to put the airplane in a hangar because all the space had been taken by the locals. Mm. And yeah. so I had to tie the plane down outside, and we had a rental car from the airport and I'm unloading the plane, and I had my shofar, and I'm like, you know, I'm not going to let this hurricane win. Yeah. We drove to the edge of the property that the airport was on. It was right on the water. And I faced that storm that was coming in. We prayed, my wife and I, and I blew the shofar, and then we declared against that storm and commanded it to come apart and to break. And then we went into the city, it was in actually Charleston, South Carolina, and everybody was evacuating, mm -hmm. but we got a hotel room and they thought we were crazy. And they said, well, <laughs> we're going to have to put you on the, above the fourth floor. There's a hurricane coming in. And, and we went out that night, had a great time and did everything and went out the next morning because the hurricane bypassed us. And we're loading the airplane when local pilots from their hangar came out in their golf cart and they asked me, if they could talk to me for a few minutes. And I said, sure. And they said, what was that trumpet that you blew? And I asked, why do you ask? They said, well, we were watching the radar. All the pilots have radar in their hangar to watch the weather. And we were watching the, the radar of the storm coming in to us. And as you blew the shofar, we saw on the radar screen as if a sound wave moving through mm -hmm. that hurricane storm and it just dissipated and split and went right around yes. us. Wow. Amen. You drove away and we were like, we have to find that guy and ask him, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> so I was able to share the gospel with them, share about spiritual warfare, what the ram's horn is, where it came from, the where it is in the Bible, and uh, just had a great time of fellowship. They were believers. I don't know if they w would call themselves, you know, the same kind of believers, perhaps, which, you know, of global outpouring kind of, because their eyes were like as wide as Sausages. anything. Yeah, they were <laughs> totally surprised and uh -huh. amazed by it, but said, we believe it. We saw it, you know. Mm -hmm. Some have to see to believe, and some mm -hmm. can just receive yeah, and true. understand, but they certainly saw and believed it. Wow. I've seen that kind of thing happen time and time again. I don't often talk about it mm -hmm. because it's not about me. It's about what God does, exactly. and I believe yeah. it's what he does through all of us right. and, and should be doing, and can and is wanting to do it through all believers. Exactly. He's waiting to pour out his spirit globally that we all walk 
in this kind of a dimension, a spiritual dimension. Now, that doesn't mean we're not earthly. I'm still mm -hmm. earthly. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. Just ask my wife. She'll tell you I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but it does mean that I've connected with a dimension of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that's available to all of us to be able to mm -hmm. walk in. Right. Yeah. That I would call normal Christianity. Amen. Living like a king's kid, you know, it was a book years mm -hmm. ago, how to yes. live like a king's kid. Yeah. And we ought to walk like that, understand that. And then we can influence the atmosphere mm -hmm. around us. Yes. And it changes everything. Yeah. It does. changes the way the crops are, the way the weather is. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if our land is in a drought, maybe because it needs repentance. Right. Yeah. And, um, Mm -hmm. If our nation is having troubles, maybe it's because we've turned away from God. Yeah. And we ought to look yeah. for the root causes of what's mm -hmm. affecting that around us mm -hmm. daily. Yeah. And um, somewhere we stop saying yes. Mm -hmm. And we said no. If we want to know maybe why there's so much violence in a school, maybe it's because in the school we stopped saying yes to God and we said yeah. no. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we withdrew. Wow. Talk to us about what happened in Turks and Caicos when you were there. First where, where of all, is that located? I was just going to say, can you tell us where that <laughs> sure. is? Sure. It, it's in the Caribbean. It's, in, it's a group of islands, the Turks and Caicos Islands. It's right on the edge of the, where the Caribbean and the Atlantic Shelf meet. Jacques Cousteau, the, um, you know, and he the, did all those great French, things, uh, diving, yeah, right? Diver, all the yeah. documentaries. and Well, so much of that was filmed in the Turks and Caicos area because of the Caribbean and the Atlantic Shelf. You can literally, you know, dive down that whole wall. Mm -hmm. The Atlantic Shelf goes there, and it's it's incredible. Well, there's one island called Grand Turk Island, and it's where we had our base, a submarine base and a naval base, when we were doing the first astronauts going and orbiting and mm -hmm. we would land this okay yeah the capsule would land in the water and they'd mm -hmm. rescue it they'd bring it to grand turk would oh, be really? one of the bases okay for a lot wow. of the, the first places some would even say it's one of the first places columbus put his feet oh, on really? in that hmm. area hmm. but here grand turk island i had flown there thinking i was getting just a few days Mm -hmm. You know, of uh, vacation, R &R. yeah, a little R and R, <laughs> yeah. But also with a group of businessmen who were wanting to do a business deal on Grand Turk and get some land and put up a resort, and they were from our church and and from Florida, and they were believers. And I had done a Bible study for Christian businessmen, and they'd been part of that. And they asked if I would come along as a as a pastor just to keep them covered in prayer. And the first night when we landed. We were eating out on the patio outside the hotel, and they were having a special meeting with government officials. Not, I was not part of that. I was alone. They were talking with government officials, and the, the prime minister of Grand Turk and Grand Tur Turks and Caicos was there. So you had to be invited to that table, you know, kind mm -hmm. of thing, and there's security in that. And what I didn't know is that they were having a discussion about what was going on in the Turks and Caicos, and they'd been in a seven-year drought, and the next day they were planning a national day of prayer because they felt that, you know, they had to ask God to help them with this drought. And the businessmen, knowing some of my history in that, and they said, 
that's why we brought Pastor Larry. <laughs> and they said, you need to talk to Pastor Larry. And so the prime minister sent his security over and they said, the prime minister wants to speak to you. And I thought I was in trouble, you know. <laughs> I'm walking over and he tells me the story and what they're doing. And I said, you know, the Lord had prepared me on the way with some scriptures and some things mm -hmm. and I've shared them with them. And he said, you're to lead the National Day of Prayer. And so... Mm. I got to help host the, the National Day of Prayer, which was carried live on their national radio. And I talked about repentance and we needed to repent. And that if you had you know, sinned against your brother and, if, you know, before you put a gift on the altar, go. You know, I went through all the different things on forgiveness. And I just mm -hmm. shared scripture after scripture yeah. about repentance. And the Holy Spirit came down, and of course, it was all dignitaries and government officials all at the head table. It was at the National Parade Grounds. They had a tent, but there was more people than even would fit under the tent. People mm -hmm. were in chairs, and a spirit of repentance began wow. to just hit the place. Glory to God. And politicians began to come to the microphone and repent publicly and ask their political rival to forgive them. Wow. Mm. They were hugging and repenting, and there were tears, and it was amazing. Mm, wow. And it was such a holy time. And I said, well, you know, we needed to pour oil into the ground, repent publicly, and, and anoint the ground, and even take communion. And put, as Sister Gwen had said, take communion and even put communion in the ground. And we took communion together, and they asked me to do that. I anointed all around the parade mm. ground. And then I blew the shofar at the end. And declared liberty, you know, jubilee. Yeah. And, um, yes. That sound of the shofar just penetrated. And, and then I said, when I blow the shofar, I want you to shout the taru, mm -hmm. which in the scripture, it says that's the sound the shofar makes, the mm -hmm. taru. Mm -hmm. So I, I told them to shout like the sound of the shofar. Don't shout hallelujah. Don't shout praise the Lord. Shout like this cry from your heart unto God of victory. Yeah, Taru, you know, Taru. and Taru. Wow. And I blew the shofar, and about a thousand people who were there or more, they all began to shout like they were shofars and make that wow. sound. It just, I felt like the ground shook. Mm. After everything was dismissed and everyone had gone their way and everything had finished, the prime minister asked if I would go with me in a small group. We went back to that same hotel restaurant. We were sitting on that same patio and we ordered dinner. And we had to move inside in the middle of the dinner because it began to sprinkle Glory and rain. God. And I said to the prime minister, I said, that's just the sign like the cloud was like that of a man's hand and that mm -hmm. the rain was coming, the drought yeah. was mm -hmm. broken. Glory to God. And then next morning we were going to leave, but the flight was canceled mm -hmm. because there was too much water on the runway for the plane to take off. Glory to God. <laughs> and they had many years of great blessing and dedication, and, oh. and that curse had been broken. Drought couldn't come again by saying no mm -hmm. and yeah. walking uh -huh. away, but blessing comes by saying yes and repenting. The sooner we're to say yes mm -hmm. and yeah. keep walking in a life of repentance, the more we can walk at that level of blessing and hear another from the Lord mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. we can say yes to and mm -hmm. yes to. And then we continue to climb that ladder more and more into his presence and more and more in walking in that 
outpouring of his spirit that's available for us all. Wow, Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, I remember a, a story we had, one of the first ones we heard on the shofar, and we were invited uh, to go out to Colorado Springs there and and they were building the World Prayer Center, you know, that was still going on at that time. And Back in the late 90s. Late 90s it was. And Sister Gwen wasn't able to go. So I said, I'm sending Sharon to take my place. So we're, so we're there. And she's teaching on a seminar. And Sharon had this prepared on the shofar, how it is processed, you know, what it goes through, you know, to get its sound, how it gets cleaned out and all that stuff. And at uh, the lunch hour... You know, the teachers, they'd have a teacher at a certain table, and people could come and sit at that table and talk, you know, to whoever the, the preacher or the teacher was. And at lunch, there was this man sitting there, and he proceeds to tell us the story on the shofar. And if I'd not heard it from the horse's mouth, you know, I'd kind of scratch my head a little. But he, he had a house he was, he was trying to sell. It would not sell. And so he called the church. It was a big church there. And they called the intercessors. They all came over and they're just, you know, declaring the victory, just warring over the house. And when they went to leave, they said, but what they said was, there's a war going on over your house. But they never got a breakthrough. And so everybody leaves and says, well, Lord, what do I do? And he audibly heard in the spirit, go get a shofar. And he didn't know what a shofar was. You know, this is the early days of these. And he goes to church the next morning. He works in the office. And one of the secretaries comes up to him with a shofar in her hand. She says, look at this. I was, we're going through some of my stuff, and I found this shofar. It's been missing for, for a long time. And he says, because he knew it was God, he says, can I borrow this? She says, sure. So he goes home. You know, maybe it was his lunch break. He <laughs> went home, gets in his house. And, you know, I just praying, okay, Lord, I got the shofar. And and he starts blowing, and he doesn't know how to blow one. Just squack, squawk, you know, just like when you're learning to, to blow one. And he felt this commotion going on over the house, and then just like an all clear. And that afternoon, he gets a call from a lady and says, you have a house for sale. I want to come look at it. And so she comes over that evening after work, comes in. Looks at us, it's just what I want. Gives him a down payment. 24 hours, it's paid for. Cash. Cash out of his hands. Mm -hmm. You know, and had I not heard that right from the horse's mouth, mm -hmm. you know, I, I thought that's, and it's not uh, just the instrument itself because it's the horn of a ram, but it's the spiritual significance, the power behind it when mm -hmm. it's used in the authority of prayer by the Holy Spirit for what God wants to do. Yeah. You know. Yeah, go go and study the the story of the falling of the walls of Jericho. And, yeah, and, and Gideon. And Gideon, and you know, it 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 comes. The first ram that you hear about in its horns is is when uh, Abraham obeys God and he's about to slay his son Isaac, and God supplies a ram instead. And he's he was caught, caught by, by his shofars. By his shofars, yep. horns. His horns. Yeah. <laughs> in, in my belief, Abraham took that horn. Mm -hmm. made it into a shofar and blew it on the top of that hill. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I mean, we don't see that mm -hmm. in our Bible, mm -hmm. but I believe that's what happened. It just mm -hmm. makes sense. It yeah. does. It does oh, make to sense. To me, and kind of fits. God does everything in circles mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and uh, completes it, and it just makes sense. I don't think it's insignificant that it mentions it was caught by its horn. Right. Yeah. 
And I think that horn Abraham knew then mm-hmm. to blow that as a sound of victory. Yeah. That to this day, mm-hmm. when we blow that horn, it reminds the kingdom of darkness mm-hmm. of the very beginning, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and his wow. coming end. Yes, and and the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. It's the yes. principle of substitution that you hear that Thank sound. You. Very well said. That's what I was trying to say. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. It's like the ramp gave its life mm-hmm. for that horn. Because in Israel today, you know, that for thousands of, you know, how many the last 3,000 years, they blow the shofar at Shabbat. You know, they blow it when the Shabbat is starting. Mm-hmm. They blow it when Shabbat is over, and they use it as a call of war. Mm-hmm. They would call when they would you know, blow for the troops to assemble, like Gideon, sure. 300 shofars that hidden, you know, the ram's horn had them hidden there. And because each ram's horn would like represent a company of soldiers. Mm-hmm. And so I can't imagine the sound of 3,000 shofars. 300. 300 shofars, yeah. rather, rather going off when you know, the panic that when they've hired all these nations against us and they they ran in panic you know it's a it's just the power you know the the instrument that was used that the holy spirit just moved you know on behalf of god's will to do what god wanted to do amen so that that's just amazing there's so many stories on the show for it's true it's so true. you have them now you just you you are leaving here with a a, a car full of shofars and for those who are interested you Come to, to the convention. Come to the convention. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and come to the convention and learn more. And, uh, and yeah, and you can get a shofar. Right. Right. And we'll, and, we'll teach you the principle behind it. Just and sure. the principles yeah. behind it, and how so. to use it, so that you understand all of it. I yeah. see a lot of homes might have one, but they don't know what it is. You have to know how to use it. And true. Understand yeah. it. That's true. And, and yeah. sitting on the mantle of their fireplace. Mm. You know, and, <laughs> But God set you up to have a special anointing for it. Yeah, no question yeah. about yeah, it. That was, I've, yeah, I've never heard of a setup like that before. That was amazing. So before we close, could we ask you to pray for the listeners? And if they're anointed to get a shofar or whatever, they have one. But But particularly, would you pray particularly for them to have the grace to keep saying yes to God? Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to... Uh, to remind all of you that are listening that his arms are wide open for you. With arms wide open, he's waiting for you, looking for you. Right now, he's drawing you closer. The urging, the unction, the call of your heart really wants to say yes. His arms are wide open in He's actually running towards you. Why not say yes, Lord, and run toward him with your heart? Surrender it and say, Lord, yes, to whatever the question, to whatever the assignment, I say yes. Yes, Lord, yes. Holy Spirit, my prayer for all who are are listening and all who desire to know God is that they would feel that unction of the Holy Spirit, that they would bow their heart, their head, their ego, their pride, not just physically, but they would bow spiritually, 
willfully before you surrender and say, yes, king, I lay my life before you. Yes, king, I want to hear your voice. I want to feel your presence, your touch. I, I want to know you. I want to read your word and hear another speak to me through it. The Holy Spirit, breathe upon me, God, that I might really surrender and say, yes, Lord, yes, yes. Some are saying yes even now. You know, it's okay if you speak it out loud now. No one will think you're weird, but the Holy Spirit will hear it. The Father will take notice. Why don't you just say, Father, I surrender. Help me. Help my unbelief. Help me that I might say yes, even now. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. To God be the glory. And to Jesus, the Lord and Savior, I say yes. Come. Come in my life. Change me wherever I need changing. Mold me, shape me more like Jesus, less like me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Leary. Yes. We're so grateful that you've taken time with us today, and we trust that this is truly life-changing for the listeners. It's my honor to be with you and your listeners. Bless you all. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.